All right, so we are in, again, 2 Timothy chapter 3. So we have been going through a study of the epistles, the epistles, and uh, the epistles are a collection of letters that Paul has written to various people or to various churches in the church. Paul was a missionary. He traveled all over the world spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And last week we read out of Philippians that was written to the Philippian church. So can anybody guess uh, who the book Timothy was written to? If Paul was writing a letter, and the letter, or the book I should say, is called Timothy, can anybody just take a wild guess, just a wild guess, uh, who the book of Timothy is written to? We got to raise your hand. So who is, who is it written to? Um, just again, like there's really no pressure. If you get it wrong, it's a hard question. Uh, yes, sir. Timmy, I like how he says Timmy. Yes, it's written to Timmy uh, or uh, Timothy or Tim, which I love because it's my dad's name. Uh, but yes, it is written to Timothy or Timmy. And uh, we find here that Paul is encouraging young Timothy because uh, Timothy was a young pastor in the church. He's somebody that Paul was mentoring. And we get to like just like listen in to this advice that he's offering Timothy, but it's also advice that we can accept and we can receive. So uh, let's read here chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 of 2 Timothy. Thank you. Let's begin. Oh, thank, are you clapping for my gargling? I'll receive that. You know what? I'll receive that with love. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so uh, read with me here. It says this, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men's will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Pause there for a second. So we see here, Paul writing, and he goes, listen, uh, Timothy, there are going to be people in the last days. And when he's saying the last days, what he means is, in the days and the years before Jesus comes back, People will be like this. This is what it's going to be like, okay? And you've got to watch out for these kind of people, Timothy. People are going to be, and he starts off, and the first thing he says is, they will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. Or lovers of self. Everybody say self-love. self-love. Now, everybody do this. Take your arms like this, okay? Take your arms like this. And just wrap them around yourself. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just kind of rock a little bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. And everybody say, I love me. Feels like Olaf. He loves warm hugs. But he also loves, everybody say, I am great. I love hugging me. This is the best person I've hugged all day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can stop. Some of you, I love how you're hugging each other. She's like, no, I love her. This is great. But we're talking about self-love. And we see uh, Paul writing. And he goes, Timothy, watch out. And he starts out with this. And it's very important. We'll explain why in a little bit. Why he starts off with this? Because watch out for people who love themselves in the last days. And it's ironic because you look at our culture and you look at the world right now, and I think we have a culture that loves themselves a lot. We have people in this generation who love themselves a lot. Can I get an amen? 
I mean, there is just so much self-love in our culture. There's, and, it, and it's also encouraged. Like there are posters everywhere. And it's like, you're special. You're, you're amazing. Be you. Do what you do. Dr. Pepper. It's all about you and getting what you want. And even in advertising, what does Burger King say? Have it your way. Like, this is BK. You can have it your way. Get whatever you want. Or there's apparently like a makeup. Like, guys, I didn't understand this, but there are like brands of makeup apparently and like different things you can buy. I don't know. And there's this one called or, or Laurel. L'Oreal? L'Oreal? It's like, okay, it's, it's shampoo too. I just remember L'Oreal kids. And it's got like a little bottle shaped like a fish. And it's like, I had like the watermelon flavor shampoo and it was great. Uh, but anyway, so apparently their motto, and I wouldn't know this until I looked it up, but it's because you're worth it. Buy our makeup because you're worth it. You are so special and unique. You deserve this. You're so great. We love ourselves. Love yourself. Buy our product, please. We want money. It's literally, we have a culture that is so obsessed that what do they do? They get on Snapchat and they don't even really care about sending Snapchats as much. They just want to go through what? The filters. Why? Because they want to see pictures of themselves. Oh, look at me. I look cute with dog ears. <laughs> look, a little dog tail. Or not tail, what I'm saying. Huh, dog tongue. And they love that. Or they look, oh, wow, I'm like a little princess with like glowing eyes and a halo. I look good with a halo. Oh, I should get a halo. Literally, you're looking at yourself and you love that. And Snapchat knows it. So they make these filters because you love flipping it around and looking at yourself. Or you love yourself so much that you take what? Selfies. We literally are a generation and a culture that created a stick to further out uh, a, an opportunity to take pictures of me. Literally me. I mean, back in my day, you actually had to have people take pictures of you. you, And it was a little more awkward because you had to be like, hey, would you take this picture? Yeah, of what? Me. <laughs> I'm great. I look pretty good today. I, I want a picture of me. And so that was a little more awkward, but now it's like, I don't need other people. I just have the little reverse button. And now they have a picture right there, a camera right there. And the only purpose is to take pictures of you because you're so great. And literally, did you know this? In 2015, more people died while taking selfies than from shark attacks. Can you believe that? I didn't believe it until I looked it up. More people died. Like, you know, they'd be on like a cliff. I'm like, oh, got to get the right angle. Oh, the filter's not good. And they fall to their death. Or I shouldn't say my favorite one. This is terrible. But one, one person was taking a selfie on, and, and they're, they're literally like so obsessed with this. They were taking a selfie and they weren't paying attention to where they were. And they touched an electrical wire and got electrocuted. Literally, they're just like, selfie! I mean, I don't even know how that went down. I know, right? It's just trouble. Literally, it's a dangerous thing in our culture. But think about this, too. We in our culture have such a culture of self-love. I'm so self-important that we have to post everything that we do. And let me tell you this, and this is, so, and I'm not saying, again, social media isn't bad. I'm not saying that you shouldn't post the things you do. It's fine. I post stuff I do. But, but the idea that everybody needs to know everything that you do all the time is kind of ridiculous. I mean, Instagram is based off the idea of like, I'm doing cool things. I'm special. Watch what I'm doing. Hey, I'm Snapchatting this because I'm important and you need to see it. And it's like, oh, wow, I'm eating lasagna. Snapchat, lasagna's great. Uh, filter, make it look really good. And then what do you do? You go on a roller coaster, and you're like, going on a roller coaster. This is awesome, King Dominion. And then afterwards, you throw up, and you're like, oh, man, I just threw up the lasagna. 
Snapchat, let me show everybody. I mean, like, literally, we think people care that we got brand new socks. Like, oh, the sock game is on point today. People don't care. I'm sorry. You just don't. You just don't. And then there's this mentality of followers. Followers. And we love when people follow us because then it's about me and I have a lot of followers. And you feel important. And to be honest, half of your followers only are following you so that you will follow them back. So literally, they they don't really care too much about you or your post. What do they want? They just want to follow back. And if you don't follow them back, they unfollow you. And did you know there's a website? Some of you probably will be like, oh, this is great. There's a website where you can buy fake followers. You can buy fake followers where these fake bots will follow you and like your pictures so that you feel better about yourself. Like, man, I'm so great. Look at all these followers. Robots are following you, and not in a cool way, okay? Not like, you know, like a butler robot, but robots that just like your pictures and make you feel better about yourself because I have 100 likes rather than 50, and I love three digits, but I'm going for four now. Literally, people will spend money to get fake follows from people that don't even exist, and this is our culture, and people encourage it as if we need to be told to think of ourselves more. People don't need to be told to think about themselves more. We think about ourselves all the time. When you wake up in the morning, or at least sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I consult my best friend on what I want to do that morning. And so I go, hey, self, what do you want to do today, self? And I go, well, Barrett, greatest person ever, uh, here's what I want to do today. And then we act sometimes, and we do all of our scheduling based on what is best for What do I want to do today? Because I am the most important person in my universe, and so what I do will be based on what I want to do. My wants, my happiness, my pleasure is the most important factor in my life, and all my decisions are based through that filter. Some of you are saying, well, Barry, you're just being a little bit harsh today, Pastor, okay? Being a little bit harsh, okay? I'm offended because I love my selfies, okay? And I'm a little bit hurt because I like Oreo. I just want to say Oreos every time I say it, you know? And, and I like having things my way. Pastor, is loving myself so bad? You know, is it so bad to wake up in the morning and just be like, oh, I do give great hugs. Is that such a wrong thing? Like, is it so bad? Well, let me tell you this, okay? First off, let me say this. There is nothing wrong uh, with being, hey, gentlemen, you guys cool? Yeah. Okay, cool, just making sure. Okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with being confident in who you are. That's okay. And, there, and there's nothing wrong because God created us unique and in his image. And so I'm not saying we should think of ourselves in a, in a lesser form. I'm not saying think less of yourself or be like, man, I'm the worst. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, a quote, if you will, that we shouldn't think less of ourselves, but we should think of ourselves less. We should think of ourselves less. And here is what it looks like. Because you might be saying, well, is it really so unhealthy to love myself so much? Well, Paul would continue in his letter, and he starts off and he says, you know, people will love themselves, and then he has this list of things afterwards. And if you look at the list carefully that Paul writes afterwards, all of them relate back to self-love in same way. Let me explain. So keep reading with me here. Jump back in here to the verse. And again, it says in verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, and he keeps going, lovers of money. 
uh, boastful, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy. Let's, let's look at those individually here and relate them back to self-love. It starts off with lovers of money. Now, do people actually love green paper? It's like, oh, I love green paper. No, you don't love green paper. Why do you love green paper? Because you can take that green paper and see, ooh, that I like. I want that. I would look so good in those shoes. I mean, I, I just need those Jordans on my feet. Or I, I, the girls are like, I just need those heels. I'm just, I'm just two inches too short. And I need those two pair of shoes to make my life complete. And then I need that tutu to make me really feel too special. You know, I mean, that's what you think to yourself. And so what do you do? You take that green money, you hand it to somebody, you get the thing that you want. And so money is a way that you get what you want because you love yourself. Everybody say, I love me. That is why people love money, because money gets them what they want. And it comes back to self-love. Let's keep going. The next thing that he says is uh, the people will be boastful or they will be proud. Now, if you're boastful and you're proud, it's because you think you're great. So you want everybody else to know, hey, guys, I'm great. And here's why. Here are all the reasons. I actually made a list. Let me read them to you. Uh, One, my hair is amazing. Check. Uh, you should appreciate my hair. Did you like that picture I posted of my new haircut? Yeah, you better go like it. Uh, you know, number two, I am super good at math. Not many people are good at math, but I am. Check. Smart. Uh, oh, what's this? I'm uh, good looking. I'm smart. And yeah, that's right. I play clarinet. Clarinet. Check. I mean, you're literally going down the list and talking about how great you are and you're broadcasting to the people and you want them to appreciate you the way that you appreciate you because you love yourself and you want them to love you because you think you're worth it. And so we boast and that boastful pride comes from a love of self. Noticing a pattern here. Moving on. Says that people will be uh, lovers of themselves, blaspheme, uh, sorry, boastful, proud, blasphemers. To blaspheme God is, in, a sen- uh, in essence, to defy or disrespect God. To look at God and say, I- I'm not going to look at who you are. I'm not going to acknowledge you for who you are. And I'm going to do me. I'm going to live life the way that I want to live life and not listen to you. Because I think I know better than you. We look at God who knows everything. And we're like, no, 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 God, I know you want me to do this thing, okay? But I'm going to do that thing because that's what I want. And I love myself. So I want to do what I want to do. The same with the next one, being disobedient to your parents. Why are you disobedient to your parents? Because you don't want to do what they're telling you to do. You don't want to take out the trash. That doesn't make you happy. You would rather sit inside and complete your mansion on Minecraft. That's what your priority is. That would make you happier. So why would you want to listen to your parents? Because that doesn't make you happy. That disrespect to parents, that disrespect to God, comes from a self-love. Let's keep going. Unthankfulness. When you aren't thankful for something, it means you think you deserve it. Somebody uh, gives you, somebody says to you, hey, I'm, you know, uh, I, I, I thought today um, I would let you breathe. I, I just thought it would be really sweet of me if I just let you breathe. You're like, wait, breath is like free and air is free? So you can't like, I mean, I, I don't feel like I need to be thankful to you for giving me air. Like that's something everybody has. But, but when somebody gives you a gift, 
You say, well, thank you. I receive that. I appreciate that. But sometimes we love ourselves so much that we think we deserve things. We think we are entitled to them. So when people give them to us, we're like, well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty awesome. I deserve this gift. We think that in our heads rather than being thankful for what we're given. Next, being unholy. Rather than conform ourselves to try and be holy and live as God would have us to live, we would rather live in our own way. And we don't care whether it's holy or righteous. We care about doing what is best for us. So we live in a way that is unholy because we love ourselves. Being unloving. If you're focused on loving yourself, you don't have much love to give to other people because you're so focused on loving you. You're so in love with you, there's no more room in your heart for other people, so you have less grace for other people. Unforgiving. If you're unforgiving, you love yourself so much that if somebody else dared insult the most important person in your universe, you, you think that they don't even deserve to be forgiven. Because first of all, you can do no wrong, but they can do wrong. And when they do wrong, why should you forgive them? They hurt you and you matter so much that you wouldn't do that. Moving on to slanderous. You are willing to put other people down. Why do you think sometimes we put other people down? We put other people down because we, then we feel better about our what? Self. I feel better about me. If I tear them down, then I get to raise myself. If they feel worse about themselves, then I feel better about myself. So we're okay to gossip and slander about other people, but dare anybody be slanderous or gossip about us because that's wrong. But we're okay with that. We don't have self-control because we just do what we want to do in that moment. And we don't think through the consequences of it. We don't think through how it will affect other people. We just do what we want. Regardless of the consequences, regardless of what is right or wrong, we just act out of that. And the list goes on and on. All these things relate back to a love of myself, a selfish focus, a, an inward focus. And as I inwardly focus on myself, these other actions flow out of that self-love. Because love leads to action. Love leads to action. And where your heart is directed, so will your actions and your words follow. But if your love is directed towards you, then your actions will be directed towards you and what is best for you, what is most advantageous for you. Last thing Paul mentions is that people will be a lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And this one is super dangerous. Because people will factor into their heads, what is best for me? What will make me the happiest? What do I want in this moment? Rather than asking the question that we should ask, what does God want me to do? What is God commanding me to do? What is God asking me to do? What would God want me to do? Because when we're doing this, in essence, what we're doing is, and I like to do this. This is just a weird thing I do. Sometimes my mind works in weird ways. Uh, but I imagine that there's like a throne in my heart, okay, like literally like a chair, okay? Whoever sits on this chair makes the decisions for what Barrett does. And usually, you know who sits on the chair and I'm embarrassed to say? Barrett sits on the chair because Barrett makes the decision for what's best for Barrett. But, but really what it should look like is this. We should get off the seat, dust it off, and say, God, you sit here. 
Now, again, in, in the end, I'll, I'll make the decisions what I do, Lord, but, but I want you to be the one who calls them out. If you think I should forgive that person, then, Lord, I want to do it. If you think I should act and live in this way, I want to do it. If you think it's okay for me to, to watch that movie or listen to that music, then, then I'll do that. And if not, then I want to obey you. And again, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit, he, he speaks to us, He prompts us, He guides us, He leads us, but sometimes we don't listen to that voice because there's a louder voice in our head, and it's the voice of what we want, getting what makes us happy, and that is an end goal for us, and it's such a sad, dangerous place because in the end, you can never be happy all the time. And it's not fulfilling to focus on yourself because people that focus on themselves get to the end of their life and they look back and they're like, one, I want more. I wasn't satisfied. Even though I cared so much about what people thought of me, I, I, I still feel like it's empty. I cared so much about getting what I wanted, whether it was you know, getting the food that you wanted or getting the attention you wanted. It's not enough. I still crave more. And it's a dangerous, unfulfilling place to be. We should not be so focused on loving ourself and pleasing ourself that we dethrone God in our heart and our lives and we take the throne and we make the decisions based on what is best for us. We need to be cautious against self-love. And rather than focus on self-love, which glorifies ourself, which lifts us up, we need to have love for others and love for God. Because one of the side effects of love is you kind of get a little blind. You guys ever heard of that? Like, love is blind. And I used to hear that when I was a kid. I'm like, what does love is blind mean? Like, what, what does that even mean? Well, then I, then I got a little older and I figured it out. You see, sometimes maybe you've, you've been in love. And when you're in love, you kind of get these blinders on where you're just focused on that thing you love and nothing else. That's kind of the thing you're focused on. Like, maybe, you know, you see... Gentlemen, you see that, that girl walk by, and you're just like, hey, girl. I mean, that's all you're seeing in your world. Like, maybe, you know, maybe, like, let's give an example. Like, maybe I see Catherine walk in, and I'm just, like, talking. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool. To... And your friend's like, dude, your dog just peed on you. What? Huh? And you don't even like, you didn't even notice it, right? Because you're so love locked on that person. You're so focused on that thing or that object of your affections that you see nothing else. And the dog's just like, Psst. and you're just like, uh, and you're not even noticing, okay, the trail of nastiness going down your leg. You're literally just oblivious because you're locked on that object of your love and you don't even see anything else. You don't even hear anything else. Your friend's like, bro, bro. And you're just like, yes. Yes, I will marry you. Yes, you're just so locked on that. You're, you're literally mind is in the clouds because you're in love. Well, here's the thing. When you're so in love with yourself, it's a dangerous place because you get blinded by your love for yourself that you don't see other people. You're oblivious to that. You don't notice the people around you that need love. You don't notice the people around you that are hurting. You don't notice the people around you that maybe they have needs. But you're just focused on your needs. You're like, man, I'm hungry. But maybe there are people around you that are much hungrier than you are, but you're focused on yourself. And you're oblivious to them. You're thinking, man, I, I, just, I, I don't feel like I have enough friends, but there are people around you that need people to reach out to them, but you're so focused on yourself that you don't see those people around you and in your life. 
You're so focused on what you need and what you want. And I, again, when I say you, I'm also, please know, you're, I'm including myself in this. We are so focused on what we want and what we need to do and what makes us happy that we're missing the people around us that have real needs. We need to live with those people in mind. When was the last time that you loved people so much and you were so focused on them that you have blinders on where you're like, man, I, I haven't loved myself enough. I haven't taken care of myself enough. Probably not that often. I've even caught myself sometimes in my prayers. And again, there's nothing wrong with praying for yourself. You should pray for yourself. But I've caught myself sometimes in my prayers and I'm like, wow, I've, I've been talking about God. I've been talking to God this whole time. And I've, been, I've just been talking about me the whole time. Why? Because you think your problems are so important. And again, they are. Take your problems to God. That's a good thing. But maybe include some of that prayer time. Who that for other people? Other people that have needs. Other people that you want God to help. Be a little bit less me-centric and me-focused and pray for other people that have needs around you. But you're so blinded and we are so blinded by our love for ourselves that we don't see the people around us that are hurting and in need. And God's like, hey, check them out. They need love, and I sent you to this world to love on them. One of the beautiful things about being in a good, godly relationship is if both people are selfless, everybody's taken care of. And I'm looking at Catherine, and I'm like, all right, what are her needs today? You know what? She's tired. I'm going to get her some coffee. She loves coffee. I'm going to go to her favorite coffee shop. And then Catherine gets the coffee that she needs. But then Catherine's looking at Barrett, and she's like, wow, Barrett's really sweet and strong and awesome. What does he need? Maybe she doesn't think that. But anyway, you know, she's looking at him like, what, what does he need? You know, I, I'll, bet, I'll bet, you know, Barrett needs uh, a smoothie from Tropical Smoothie. And his favorite is Island Green. I'm going to get him an Island Green smoothie from Tropical Smoothie because I love him. So she goes against me. So all of a sudden, Catherine's needs are taken care of because I'm focusing on her. She's focusing on me and what I need. And she's bringing me an Island Green smoothie and I'm happy. And so we're looking at each other. And because we're looking at each other's needs, both of our needs are met. And we're at a good place. We're in a healthy place. And the beautiful thing about it is I am not loving me and loving self. I'm loving somebody else, and yet I am still met. My needs are met because she's looking out for me. We as a body and as a church body should be the same way. We walk in this room and we're looking at other people. How can I love them? How can I help them? Then all of our needs will be met. Because we're not focusing on self. We're focusing on each other. And man, it feels better when other people are loving on you than when we're loving on ourselves anyway. It's a deeper love. It's a deeper affection. So again, I'm not saying that we should hate on ourselves. I'm not saying that there aren't times where you're like, you know what, I need to rest, and that's okay. You need to rest, rest. And I'm not saying that we should think less of ourselves, but think of ourselves less. Take that focus, those blinders off ourselves, and put them on other people and put them on what God wants us to do and make our decision-making process based on where our hearts are directed. If your hearts are directed at you, then you'll make decisions on what is best for you rather than making decisions on what's best for other people and what God wants you to do. And when you get to that place where your heart is directed towards and your eyes are focused on other people, and serving them and loving on them, and your heart is directed on God and honoring Him with every one of your actions, you will see the difference in your life. You'll see the difference in your life. Because as we talked about last week, 
where your heart and your mind are directed, there also will your actions follow. And the way that you live will be unique. So if you focus your mind and your heart on other people and on God, loving other people and loving God, you're doing all right. Jesus, in summing up all the commandments, said that you should love God. In essence, he said this. Love God and love people. All the other commandments fall into those categories. They all fall into place, loving God and loving people. And not focusing on ourselves. If we put loving God first, then loving people second, and we make it in at third place, that's the direction and the priorities that our life should be in. We need to prioritize other people and the Lord above ourselves. And in that way, we will live lives that are holy and pleasing to God. We will not be lovers of self. We will be selfless in loving other people more than ourselves and in caring about doing what God wants rather than doing what we want. I ask yourself, do you or do I need to pray about living a life that is less me-centered and living a life that is more others-centered? I challenge you with that today, and I hope that the Holy Spirit convicts us and leads us and guides us in that direction. Let's pause and let's pray. Father God, Lord, we come to you today. And God, I ask that we would not be so self-focused, so self-loving, where we, we ask ourselves the question every day, what do I want? We might ask ourselves, Lord, what do other people want? What do other people need? That can be in small things, on picking a restaurant with your family and thinking about maybe what they want more than what you want, or... That can be about helping your parents and being respectful to them and maybe doing what might help them rather than doing what might help you in that moment. Or asking the question, Lord, what is best for me to do for you? What would you ask me to do? Factoring him into every equation. Lord, I pray we would love ourselves less and care less about our own needs and focus more on the needs of others and loving others that are around us. And we would prioritize them above ourselves and we'd also prioritize your will above our own will. And might we, with this love directed towards other people and towards you, live lives that are honoring and pleasing to you. Take the focus off of ourselves. Not be blinded by love for ourselves, which leads to all these other things, Lord. But we might be focused on you. We love you, God. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, guys, you're free to hang out. I'll let you know when you're free to go.